Welcome to the Be Kind Podcast, part of the Animal Advocates of South Central PA's mission to create a more compassionate world for all living creatures, where they have hooves, wings, scales, feathers, thumbs, paws, claws. We love them all. They all deserve to be loved. And today, I am joined by John Beck again, and we are honored here today to have Zipporah. Hi, everyone. Hey. Hello. So, Zipporah, would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners and tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are? Yeah, of course. So, my name is Zipporah Goins, and I'm 17 years old, and I um, am originally from Baltimore, but I've lived in New York for around 10 years. And I go to Logos Academy. It's a Christian Christ-centered school um, downtown. And I'm an upcoming senior, and I've been vegan for about three years this August, so I'm really excited about that. Three years. We're going to have a little celebration. (laughs) But who I am, a little bit about what I've done. And in the past few days, it's almost going to be two weeks, I organized a piece of protest for Black Lives Matter with my best friend, Arlette Morales, who's also like downtown York. And an estimated 1,500 people came. So that's kind of why I started getting more involved. And um, one of the first things I've done, shoot, get more involved with the movement. You're being very humble. That was quite a amazing event that was really inspiring to see. And I'm so honored you came on our show as a guest because I'm sure you're getting requests like this from all over. And the fact you decided to come and spend a little bit of your precious time with us means a lot. Oh, of course. I love you guys so much. Like the fact that I remember when I did my vegan interview last year and then to still be able, like I'm still in contact with the people who um, were part of that. And I really love that because most times it's you do something and then they jump off and I'm just glad that they're right. You know, still, you still have that connection going. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, and you're awesome. And not only just the vegan spotlight you did with us, but you also were uh, a speaker at uh, Harvest Veg Fest last year, which was awesome. Mm, yeah, that was really cool. I, I love that. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> I met a lot of really cool people there, too, like Savannah. So mm-hmm. I have some nice connections. New friends, new vegan friends. It's good to have. And your mother was the caterer for the Animal Advocates annual meeting. So you're just connected with us in more ways than you know. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. <laughs> but but back to the uh, protests, I just want to say, I've been going to protests of all varieties for over 25 years. And you were so organized and it was just so well done that it just blew me away like you should definitely be proud of yourself because it's not easy putting that stuff together and what you did was phenomenal so thank Thank you for that so much i really appreciate i'm so glad that you were i'm assuming you were obviously there i was there for a little bit but i watched the live feeds and it Ah. yeah it was it was great it was great to see yes thank you for your support it was a lot of fun to organize and um it was crazy like we did it we pretty much organized in two days right um granted we stayed up to like 5 a.m. both of those days, but I'm just really happy with the turnout. I'm glad it reached, you know, so many people. So yeah, thanks for your support. Absolutely. That's really awesome. Well, I guess while we're on the topic, something that's a big part of advocacy work and no matter what it's for, whether it's Black Lives Matter, veganism, whatever, is these protests. And I was just wondering if you could tell us a little bit about the process of organizing it, how you got the word out, how you got the people in, how you managed to create a peaceful yet powerful environment. Right. Okay. So I think when we first originally, when Letty, my best friend, when she came up with the idea, the whole goal was to have the peaceful protest because a lot of times like when you look at the news, a lot of it is focused on the riots that are happening and not the actual peaceful protest. So we wanted to do something for York that, you know, was uniting us in that way, but also showing like, hey, look, we can have this peaceful protest and it's going to go well. We did have some threats, like that was a really big worry. You know, we're 
at the same time, you know, it's fun and people are saying, oh, you're so mature and everything. But at the same time, we're two 17-year-old girls. And I think it would freak anyone out. But having white supremacists be like, yo, we're pulling up mm-hmm. and we're going to come, you know, to your thing. We're, and we might come armed. Like that freaked us out a lot. Yeah. So our biggest thing was to make sure we were in contact with the mayor and the commissioner um, let them know every single time we got a threat or every single time someone sent us one, we immediately sent it to him. So they did everything they could to protect us. And we had done, we went through all the precautions to make sure that the people were safe. You know, there's going to be kids there, you know, mm-hmm. we have to make sure that everyone was protected. So the fact that it stayed peaceful, like there was, you know, some doubt, like maybe it won't. But when we stood up there and our, and I think, I can't remember it, so it was our letter I, we were like, you know, let's, let's prove them wrong. Cause there were people in the comments, you know, of our page saying, don't bring your kids, don't even come because it's not going to be peaceful. People are going to start rioting. People are going to use it to draw attention to themselves. And that was really disheartening to see like our own community members say that. So when we told everyone, like, let's prove them wrong, I think everyone was like, you know what? Yeah, let's prove them wrong. Let's show them that we're better than that. And then we're not going to do that. And I don't want to demonize the riots because I understand them. And I have my own thoughts about that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think us saying that and then everyone being like, you know what? Yeah, let's keep pushing and make this a peaceful protest was how it kind of stayed like that. And you definitely did it too. I mean, it was it was seriously one of the most peaceful things I've seen in a long time right, because there's right. just so much chaos going on right now, and it was just it was mm-hmm. so like refreshing to see the community coming together and you know seeing Sheree McFadden's uh, banner put up and all that stuff being organized, yeah. helping out with you guys, and that that was amazing to see. And it's great that you actually like talked to the you know city officials to make sure this was like. Right, right, right. Really successful thing. It was really awesome. It was a very powerful moment. I think when we first got in there, just like you could feel my teacher, he sent me an email. Really, really nice guy. I love my teacher. And he sent me an email and he was like, I'm so proud of you. You know, changes in the air. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's the best way to describe the whole setting. Yep. Um, like it just felt like changes in the air and everyone was ready for it. So I think that was the overall theme. And that's what me and Arla have been saying to each other these past two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also like to get your thoughts on the riots or the non-peaceful protesting. A lot of times in conversations or in interactions, there comes a point where you do need to take that more direct, more forceful action. And it's always a fine line you walk and it's a very controversial topic. So I wanted to hear your thoughts. My thing is, I understand why people are upset about the riots. Like the riots have hurt some people. And I, I recognize that. I think it's, you know, it's not just this one track thing where like, oh, it's either riots are bad or there's riots are all riots are good. Let's support them. You can look at them. It's a more complex issue than just it being, you know, one thing, one thing or the other. I like understand why they're happening because like, for instance, when Rodney King was beaten by the police and the riots ensued after that, like you get, like, this is something that has been happening for a very long time. Like even like definitely way before Rodney King. Um, But that's one of the most prominent, you know, names I can think of. Um, and my dad was telling me about that, like, you know, how the riots ensued. So it's like, I understand why people, they have all this anger. And I think the best, the best way to explain is just I understand it. I don't, I personally wouldn't participate in them. I'd love to go see, like, I personally would love to see it and not actually participate in the riots themselves. But I've, I've seen some videos and I'm like, you know, I think it would be an interesting thing to actually, you know, witness, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I understand the anger and I understand the frustration. And I watched Dave Chappelle's special last night and I love Dave Chappelle. And he said, you know, the streets are speaking for themselves. And he repeated that several times. And I think that anger, you know, as what Martin Luther King, everyone's coming up with this quote, um, you know, the riots are the 
the sound of the unheard, something like that. Yeah. So I think the riots have actually have made people listen. So I understand both sides of them. It's kind of hard. I don't know. It's a difficult thing. I think it's something like if I were to write out a paper, I'd have to do a lot of research on it because the history of writing and how it's, it's been effective and we can't ignore that either. Something that I would like to touch on is how can the white vegan group or demographic be allies to the Black Lives Matter movement during this time? First of all, pour your, like I said, you know, during the protest, the battle is also economic. Pour your money into black vegan businesses because when I see a black vegan business owners, like, you know, they're making their food and stuff, I'm always like, yeah, you know, like I see it, it attracts other black customers and people are like, oh, there are people that are just like me in this movement, you know, and, and fighting for animal rights. And when you see someone who looks like you doing the same thing, you're like, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe this isn't just, you know, a white people thing. And I say that in air quotes because it's obviously not a white people thing. Right. But I think one way is to help, you know, pour your, pour your money into those businesses so that they can be supported, so that they can flourish, and then they can show black communities, you know, like, look at us, like, we're doing this. So we need white vegans to do that as well. And then also, one thing that's really important is, you know, like right now, I'm sitting in my house. I'm chilling here, and there's, there's meat in the fridge because my mom isn't vegan. And I could get up right now and eat meat. And because I'm purposely making that decision, I have, I'm no longer vegan. But when you're black, you can't just stop being black. So to understand that those battles are different, you know, fighting for, we can't have, we can't have animal liberation if we don't have like just human liberation. So I think it's important to understand, you know, there are similarities between those battles. When you say things like when you compare those movements, in the same way, like you have to understand the distinction between the two. Like these are black lives that we're talking about and keep the same energy for both fights. Uh, you know, fight hard for both of them. Be out in the streets for both of them. And especially if you have a big platform and you have a lot of vegans that are paying attention to you. And yes, a lot of vegans are white. And we have a lot of white vegans who are paying attention to you. Use your platform to speak out about it. So I think that's how white vegans can be out. And not just white vegans, just non-black vegans in general can be allies to a Black Lives Matter. Just keep the same energy and also understand, you know, the distinction between the fights. But, you know, fight with us, I think is the biggest thing. If you can, if you can fight for veganism, you can also fight for Black Lives Matter. Have you ever encountered any situations where maybe your different viewpoints on veganism and Black Lives Matter have, or social justice in general have intersected in ways that either complement each other or almost put you in a conflict with yourself? I think just the idea that there are systems that are in place against those groups, you know, the system that, hurts animals and abuses animals. It's not the same system. I think there are, like, they intertwine sometimes, but it's obviously not the same system. But just understanding that there is an action system that is, you know, oppressing both of these groups. So, yeah, I think that's one way that they intersect. I think that's the main thing for me. It's just, like, the, like, systematic racism and also just the way that animals are treated in general and how, I don't know if that makes sense, but, <laughs> yeah, that's my overall thought of it. Makes sense to me. I mean... <laughs> I, I I think you're you're very articulate on how you're explaining it. I, I know you feel like you're not, but it makes what you're saying makes sense. Yeah, you're talking about concepts that I learned in graduate school for social work and yeah. you're not even graduated high school yet. So you're you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thank no, you're, you. you're awesome. You already touched on this a little bit, but the vegan population is typically very homogeneous. A lot of mostly mm. white people and trending towards white women though john and i are white men but we're still in very right. much in the kind of whitewashing of i don't know if that's right we're in the very white heavy 
demographic of veganism. How can mm. we go about engaging the minority community and gain more diversity within the movement? Because the movement wants to make everyone vegan, and that includes everyone. I think this just goes for allies in general, and just and if we're talking specifically like white vegans, don't take up too much of the conversation and don't make it about veganism. You know, like, the, like of course that's a, an important part, and still continue that that work on veganism and um, you know animal rights, but don't let that be the focus of why you're you're taking part of Black Lives Matter. You know, like not to convert people to veganism. That isn't the goal of of the fight. Um, it's also I think important to see the the way like veganism in general is just really good for minority communities. And and that's on like an economic stance and all, all of that. Like just it's good for our community. So maybe reminding people like, you know, hey, look, when when things die down, I think in this moment it's not about veganism. When things die down, you're like, you know, here are some solutions, maybe this might help. Giving those resources that m- might relate to veganism are are helpful too. I think those are great ideas. And I just thought of something. We skipped my Favorite question, the stereotypical, what's your vegan journey question? <laughs> Love that question. My vegan journey. <laughs> so my brother, he's vegetarian now, but he was really interested in veganism. I think when we were young, we had actually met some crazy vegans in Malaysia. I'm sure they're, I, actually, they were also drunk, so I'm not going to be too mad at them. But I remember thinking, wow, vegans are crazy. Like, I could never. But then when we got home and we are like, researching it, and I eventually became pescatarian, and then I became vegetarian. I went back and forth between that, and then there was one period where I was eating chicken wings, like, every other day, but <laughs> still calling myself pescatarian. It really didn't make sense. You know, I was, like, I was like 13, so, you know. Right. Um, but there was one summer where we worked, it's, like, a youth advocate program. It's called Thrival Corps. Mm-hmm. And it was, there was this lady there. Her name is Miss Sonia, and she was like, you know what, guys, watch What the Health. I'm going to, you know, it's really interesting. And me and were like, you know what, bet. We're going to watch it. We were watching, and I was like, yo, like, this is crazy. And, like, I was already vegetarian at this point, um, and people already thought I was a little weird. But we thought, you know, let's just make slowly make the transition. And it was crazy. I remember I didn't eat meat or I didn't eat any dairy or anything, like any animal products, for two days. And then there was cheese pizza, and I broke it. And I was like, okay, I don't have cheese pizza. And I got sick. Mm. I immediately, I got so sick. And it was only a two-day period. So after that, it just kind of became, you know what, I don't really want it. I don't really want to eat it. And my skin started clearing up. Like, I just felt healthier. So I stuck with it. And it honestly, it's empowering to be able to say, you know, I'm vegan. And, like, there's a plate of chicken. Like, I'm not going to deny that chicken smells good. But when I, I – first of all, I know where it comes from. Right. I also see the chicken as, like, an actual – like, it's an animal. Like, that's where I, that's what I see. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, it's just – it's just me, you know, I, I already have the product here, so I'm not going to focus on where it came from. I don't know, like, for some reason, every time I see me, I literally think of the animal itself. Like, I can see the animal itself. It's kind of uh, weird. I do that, too, so it's, <laughs> really? I, think that, yeah. I think that's a common thing. It's really empowering for me to be able to say, you know what, no, I don't want any of that. And when I make that decision, when you make that decision, like, 15 times, it gets easier every single time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I'm still vegan. Because people are asking, like, are you ever going to stop? And honestly, no. Like, I'm already, I'm in too deep. I love it too much. So, absolutely not. I love those ideas. There's actually a cartoon in the paper today of this guy visiting a farm sanctuary looking at a pig and a cow and a chicken. And then the last frame was him working at a butcher stand with his head down crying. So, that was very topical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, and to get back to the whole Black Lives Matter thing and how that intertwines with veganism is they're just both abuses of power. 
You know, like that's the overlay, yep. like that's the overlay game of both of those things. So that's why I say keep the same energy for both of them. You know, like I've, I've seen videos where vegans are storming into farms and they're, they're, they're messing that shit up. Like they really are going heavy. And I think, like, and then I see some of the same vegans, like, you know, the riots are crazy, but it's like, you know, you know, you have to keep the same energy for both of them. So I definitely think it's important for vegans to stand with us. And the vegans are intense. You know, they know their stuff. We know our shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, we yeah. know all our facts because people are constantly questioning us. So when you keep that, attain that same knowledge for Black Lives Matter, then you can answer those questions off the bat just like veganism. So yep. it's just as important. And I hope that more vegans start to show up. If someone listening to this podcast wants to help out the Black Lives Matter movement, whether they're vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, or whatever, what's something they can do today to help that movement and make sure those voices get heard? Yes. Okay. Great question. So, um, I, first of all, petitions are sometimes, you know, you have to be 18 and I don't really know how they check that information, but I found some really great petitions where you don't have to be 18. Um, just in case there are any vegans who are under that age, but literally the first thing you could do is just sign some petitions. And a lot of them have already been signed by like millions of people for George Floyd and they've already passed. So you don't have to sign those. And I love seeing that. I love seeing, we don't need any more signatures. Um, but there are a lot that still need to be signed, like for Sandra Bland, um, Brianna Taylor, her case just got reopened, but you know, we need a conviction. We need some actual, we need justice from it. We can't just have them be reopened because of the heat of the moment, you know? Um, so literally one thing you could do right now after this is just sign, sign a petition, sign two or three. And it takes like, it takes like five minutes to sign a few. It takes probably like 20 seconds to sign one. So you can sign a lot. Um, that's the first, that's the first step. And then the battle's greater when you, going to like, you know, the whole economic thing, pouring your money into black businesses and not just vegan black businesses, but just black businesses in general. But then if you want to center into vegan black businesses so that it kind of aligns with your previous values too, I think that's a great idea as well. Um, yeah, those are some, some things you can start doing and then it just progresses over time, like the magnitude of how, how much you can do, I think. It's almost a little bit like vegans when we start out giving up chicken, they give up fish, and before you know it, you're in the middle of it, have all the facts in the back of your hand and ready to step up to the plate whenever you can. Mm. <laughs> I think you hear it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of exciting. It's exciting to be part of both of those things, you know? Like, I love seeing, I love saying, like, I'm a black vegan. Like, I love saying that. I'm Blasian vegan if I'm being completely technical but i love being able to be part of those movements and you don't have to be like a black vegan to be part of both of those movements i think it's the biggest i hope people understand i hope white vegans or just non-black vegans understand that you can still take you can still be part of the, of the movement you are, are just like i'm like speechless right now because like you're saying like so <laughs> many great things and it, it's just awesome and i i i don't know what to say really. <laughs> you're just you're, you just, you I nail it. You, it. Nail, you nailed it. <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, you, you also have another really interesting perspective where I keep forgetting you're 17, which means you're in high school, hang out with other 17 year olds. What kind of conversations mm -hmm. have you had in high school, whether it's about Black Lives Matter or veganism? Oh, that's a great question. I think people forget that, like, when you're an adult, and you can go to, you know, your job and you can pack your lunch. But when you're at school and you forget to pack that vegan wrap, like, you know, you, <laughs> there are so many questions that ensue when you end up getting the school lunch. Like every single time that has happened, um, my friends are somehow there's always a question of, you know, what's, 
no, are you going to eat that? What is the hot butter in it? And even small things like that. I don't know. I've been vegan for three years and my class is really small. Like we have 10 kids in our class. Incredibly small. 250 students, K through 12. And so they're pretty used to that. They're pretty used to me talking about it. And one time I was just like, you know, I'm going to be real and I'm going to tell you guys, this is how I feel. But like, don't be upset about animals being killed. Like, you know, the whole elephant story that actually just happened a few days ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, um, where she was found, like someone gave her a pineapple with a bomb in it. Oh, and geez. how outraged people yeah it was terrible it's a terrible terrible story it's disgusting um but it's also not surprising because that stuff happens all the time but i remember like my friends not even just my friends but some of my family members were getting really upset about it and i was like you know that's you know it is a, it's a terrible story but this kind of happens frequently you know within the animal industry like this isn't a new thing that's why i wasn't surprised because i've seen the videos of out being slaughtered mm. i see i've seen them like one time i was just real with my class and i was telling them you know guys this isn't anything new like keep the same energy for you know those fights and i have some of my friends who are like interested in going plant-based like now i can go over to my best friend's house and there's almond milk there because she likes almond milk and she drinks it nice. so like, i'm really happy to have that impact and i hope people can make healthier decisions mm-hmm. um that you know they realize affect you know more than just themselves at the same time i'm not I'm not healthy, so I should be careful with that. <laughs> I'm not a healthy vegan, but there's a lot of great conversations that come out of that. And Black Lives Matter, it's something that I don't think I've talked about a lot with my class because I think people already know my stance. Like I said, you know, I stand with it and people understand. So when we organize the protest, it's a little bit of a surprise for my, I think for some of my, my friends, but it wasn't super surprising too. You know, at the same time, like I've, I've done crazy things before that it was really spontaneous. And so my friends came. Like, that was awesome. That was really good to see. Like, my friends who I thought, you know, maybe they were all talk, they actually came. And some of them tuned into the live stream. Yeah, I kind of forgot what your question was, but I hope <laughs> I answered it. <laughs> you did. It sounds like you have some very unique and interesting and thoughtful conversations with people. And I think you're doing your part by something to touch on again and again with these episodes is by being awesome and vegan, not just being a <laughs> vegan, but being awesome and happen to be vegan is a great way to... Right, right, right. I agree with that. I think I also have, you know, the privilege of having friends who want to know, like they actually ask questions. And I'm also, I'm someone who I don't mind taking on the educator role. Like I don't mind educating people on things. And I understand not everyone wants to do that. Like being asked, you know, do you get your iron all the time? Is it a very annoying question? But I don't mind answering it sometimes because that's just who I am. Um, So it helps to have really open friends. But you know, there are people you're going to come across who, there are people who I've come across who literally just don't care. Like, they don't mind the, that they kill animals. So, right. those are probably the toughest people to deal with. Um, but at least they keep it real. At least, you know, they're 100% honest and they don't contradict themselves either. They're like, you know, if a elephant dies, I don't care. And if a pig dies, I don't care. Right. Um, so, that's kind of like my next battle. I think I just want to become a better, well-versed within vegan, um, vegan terminology. Like, I can't defend everything. You know, when someone asks me questions, but that's the same with like Black Lives Matter. There's a lot I still have to learn, so it's kind of the first step. Um, actually, back to the uh, school, have they like catered to your need, your vegan needs much? Uh, so far as like cafeteria food or anything like that? Yes, they actually have. I have to give my school props for that. Not every time. Like, I again, I have a really small school, so I literally can walk up to the head of school and be like, dude, I'm vegan. You know, (laughs) let me have 
let me get a meal, you know, but not everyone can do that. But I do, like, I remember I'm, I'm part of the student ambassador program at my school and they were, there were vegan cupcakes there and they were just for me. And I was, and it was even extra. I took them home. It was so nice. That's awesome. Um, but like, I still can't eat school lunch without like starving later. You know, I can't just eat corn, which is usually the only thing I can eat. But my mom also, like, I have the advantage of my mom. She doesn't work there anymore, but she used to work in the kitchen. Um, and so, like, she would give me, you know, a little extra here and there. But the nice. school's been pretty accommodating. Like, especially my teachers. Like, if they bring in a snack, they make sure I can eat it. That's awesome. And I really, like, I really like that. Something you see on social media a lot is that vegans have a tendency to hijack every single movement or current event out there. Let's say someone mm-hmm. does a, a meme of an earthquake that kills 100 people and they go, well, 100 million chickens died last week or something like that. How do you <laughs> respond to that kind of criticism where somebody may say... Yeah, it's awful what's happening to black people in this country, but this stuff is happening so much worse to right. cows and pigs. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think that's why I mentioned, you know, don't equate the same, don't equate the movements um, and don't take up too much space in those movements. Personally, I think those, like when I see those memes and I see a vegan comment, I laugh a little bit, but I also understand how people get irritated. But when it comes to like saying, you know, these are literally the same fights, you know, what black people are going through or what animals going, are going through, like, that's just such a tone-deaf statement to make and such a ridiculous thing to say. And I, I personally, I don't really see vegans hijacking too many things. I think, if anything, sometimes I feel like vegans are bullied. <laughs> that's just how I feel. But um, within this movement, I have seen some vegans who are like, you know, they're exactly the same fight. And to say something like that is exactly what we're fighting against. Like, don't equate those same things. Like, they're literally not the same fight. Um, they just have similarities. And you can recognize the similarities, but yeah, I think, and it, it will push people away from veganism. So I hope that when, vegan, when vegans want to speak up for Black Lives Matter, that they recognize that the fights aren't the same, I guess would be the overall thing. And don't hijack every movement. You know, I didn't actually know that was a thing. I didn't know that um, veganism tend to, vegans tend to hijack movements, but I have seen that with this one specifically. I have definitely seen that with this one. I think that's great advice and thank you so much. <laughs> Well, we're coming up on half an hour. So, uh, John, any last questions? No, uh, other than just thank you for being on. I keep up the great work. You're you're amazing. <laughs> you're so amazing. And or maybe when are you running for president? <laughs> I guess that that would that be <laughs> my question. My <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna start with. Um, I was sitting body president last year, so we'll start <laughs> okay. with. Okay. We'll start with next year, and we'll see what happens after that. <laughs> Only like eighteen more years to go. And then right. Right. <laughs> Well, I'll just echo what John said. Thank you so much for everything you're doing and for speaking with us this afternoon. Uh, Any final words? I think just for the vegan community, always call out like oppressive behaviors against any group and keep fighting with us and listen. And, you know, thank you. Thank you for fighting with us, I think would be the overall thing. And especially to my black vegans out there. You know, just uh, keep pushing because I know sometimes that can be that can be a tough thing as well. But yeah, thank you guys so much. I'm so I was so happy to do this. This is so cool. It was an honor to have you, and again, thank you. Yes, thank you yes, so much. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> if anyone else would like to be a guest, just shoot us an email over at beconpodcast at gmail dot com. We'd be more than happy to have you. 